0: Chapter from chapter six, uh, I mean verse six through verse twenty-eight, and and just kind of cover a lot of this is a little bit easier to 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 uh, just explain I think because several of the verses go together. But uh, so we're going to begin in Hebrews chapter nine, verse six. Hebrews chapter nine, verse six. It says, "Now when these things were thus ordained." The priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. So it's just information, it's, it's just explaining uh, what the priest did. And they went into the tur- tabernacle, and, and they, were, they were serving God, and they were doing their duty for God. In verse 7, it says, But into the second went the high priest alone once every year. Uh, and so, you know, they they came into the you know the first part of the uh, t- tabernacle, the first division of the tabernacle, and that was there was more than one priest. You know, there was many priests that would come into there. But but into the second, the second portion of it, that's what we talked about, and it's been a couple of weeks now. Uh, but the second portion of the tabernacle, the high priest alone once every year. But I want you to notice this: that there's some things. I listen one more time to, and I, I'm not going to throw out names, but I listen one more time uh, because I want to hear the man say it himself. But, you know, this pretty, you know, well-known preacher uh, that really denigrates the blood. It just, and his statement was that the, that the blood of Christ has no saving value. Uh, it, it's mind-boggling uh, to me. He says the death of Christ, not his blood. And so, um, But he says here, but into the second went the high priest alone once every year. Well, look at this, not without blood. Now, I I want you to understand this. Again, uh, and I'm getting way ahead of myself, but when you try to explain away the blood and say that when there's a reference to the blood that it's really referring to the death of Christ, it's really just synonymous with death, well, how can you take death with you into the the second portion he, he he the high priest alone once every year he went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood what, not without death, so he went in with with death that it just it just makes no sense whatsoever he says which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people, and again, what was the offering he wasn't understandably, there had to be a death because death had to occur. Uh, The wages of sin is death. Uh, But God's way, and that's where we have to let God be God. We can't reason him out of this thing. Uh, He said that the blood had to be taken in. Uh, He said he offered it for himself and for the heirs of the people. And what was he offering? The blood. And so the Holy Ghost, this signifying that that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as the first tabernacle was yet standing so uh he said you know it wasn't made clear you know what this was really picturing they didn't fully understand what this all meant at that time but verse 9 says which was a figure for the time then present so at that point at that time it was a, a figure, an, a, an illustration, a picture in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices. Look at this. That could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. It's, it's, it said even the priest, the, these things that he was doing could not cleanse away his sin." It it couldn't do it. It couldn't make him perfect. It couldn't make him uh, without sin before God. And so verse 10, it says, "...which stood only in meats and drinks and divers' washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of Reformation." And so the priest had a procedure, but the key statement is found in verse 9. In all of that we just read, verse 9 is so important. He said, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the the service perfect as pertaining to conscience. The temple, the priest, the sacrifices were just a picture, an illustration, uh, as some say, a parable. To teach the people the inadequacy of man. It, it was a wonderful tool, but it was only good until the time of reformation. And, and, or the time, that, what that means is, or the time that the Messiah would come and set it all straight. And so it was good until the time of Jesus, until Jesus had been crucified and, and, and shed his blood and buried and rose again. He said, all these things, they, they were good because they were a picture of that which was to come. But when the Reformation came, when, this, when it came, when Jesus the Messiah came and set it all straight, he said, look, I'm gonna, when I come, you're going to understand why you've been doing all this. I'm going to set it all straight in your mind. I'm going to set it all straight to all of uh, what this all means. And he said, and from this point on, that, the picture is no longer. You don't do that any longer now. Now, uh, understandably, it's good to study about those things. It's good to know about them uh, because it helps us understand why, what God was doing and how he was showing us and drawing the picture. But we don't perform them. And so, uh, so, and it says, in, until that time of reformation. Well, that time has come now. That's where we are. We're, we're under grace and uh, through the salvation by grace in and Jesus. And, and, you know, it, the whole world was looking either forward, uh, all of eternity, uh, of, Chris, of mankind has looked forward to Christ or looked back to Christ, to that cross. And so, and to the resurrection now, that leads us to verse 11. Look at verse 11. It says, but Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say not of this building. And so the tabernacle that was made was made by the hands of men. And, and, and again, uh, you know, the last time I talked about it, I said, you know, there's some reasons why I believe it, it talks about the tabernacle and not the temple. Uh, the tabernacle was in existence, uh, you know, when the first covenant came into to effect. But it also, the tabernacle, the symbolism is there. The tabernacle was covered with skins that decay, that, that won't last. You know what? That's a picture of us. You know, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The tabernacle was a more pure picture of what we have today. You had the skins, and those skins were—they were, were going to decay. They were going to be destroyed. They were going to—they were going to waste away, just like our bodies are wasting away. We're getting weaker and weaker as the days go on, and—and—and and, that's—that's what the picture was. Now, truthfully, the temple is man's—I uh, uh, believe—man's attempt. To try to create something more out of the out of okay, that's I'm gonna make this better. I'm gonna make me better, and that's gonna make me uh, closer to God. No, making me a better temple is not gonna get me saved. It's not the temple that gets me saved. It's what happens inside the temple. It's the the blood that's shed for my salvation. And, and I'm not being real clear on that, but I just think that that's kind of man's attempt. To, man's, uh, attempt uh, it, it should have, as far as I'm concerned, God uh, was, was the, the symbolism was there. It should have come all the way through the tabernacle uh, under the skins and the skins that the decay and had to be replaced and had to be uh, renewed and and, but man came in and is going to make this beautiful, beautiful temple. And, you know, the truth is the family was the first church. And the family didn't have big structures. But you now, as religion came into, into play, you, you, the more religious a group is, the, the greater their beautiful structures are. Because it's something about their they're going, going to show their righteousness to God. And God says, no, you're nothing but just old dead skins. And so he says, he says not made with hands, uh, that is to say none of this building. Verse 12, neither by the blood of, of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered into once into the holy place. And again, notice this, the whole thing was they went in with the blood. Do you understand? The death had to occur, but they didn't carry the death in, to, in there. They carried the blood. The blood must be something that's important. And, and let me tell you, that sacrifice is meaningless if that blood doesn't reach the mercy seat. So, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having for uh, for if, uh, uh, for if the, the the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of it heifers uh, sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ? The blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purged your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He said the old way wouldn't purge your conscience, but the blood of Christ will purge your conscience. And so, and and what's the purging from? It's purging your conscience from from dead works. Working your way to heaven, God says, no, we're going to clean that up. We're going to wipe that out. We're going to get rid of of that. And it's all through the blood of Christ. Now, understandably, uh, you know, I I can see where man wants to reason it away, but but folks, I, I don't have the right to reason away what God says must happen. So, if God says Jesus has to die, and the and the sacrifice, the Old Testament, they had to die, and the blood had to be caught, and the blood had to be taken and sprinkled on the mercy seat, do you think that God's going to violate his own picture with Jesus? Uh, somehow, and, 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 and I heard the man today, he's mocking, he said, and some of these, and he called them heretics, some of these wacko heretics say that that, that somehow God caught the blood of Jesus and, and, and brought it in uh, to heaven. And, and, and every time somebody, and he said, every time somebody sins, that, you know, some more blood sprinkled on there. Uh, you know, I don't know about that, that, that part of it. But can I tell you, if the symbolism is there, they caught the blood of the animal. If they didn't catch it, how'd they get it to the mercy seat? So let me just tell you, the only one that could have caught that blood has to be God. Truthfully, well, we're going. It says, verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And listen, I want you to understand, the reason I don't name you, but I'm not attacking Anybody, what I'm trying to make clear is that what God says is important, I don't have a right to say it's unimportant. I don't, even if I don't clearly understand it, I don't have a right to say it's unimportant. And to say, well, you know, that the blood has no saving effect, God apparently says the blood is imp- has some effect. Now, just a, you know, sort of an illustration I heard that might, you know, kind of shed a little light on, on the Old Testament rituals and, and, and the ceremonies and, and, and then Christ coming. And it's maybe this little simple illustration. You know, if you go to the grocery store or anywhere, you go, you, 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 uh, if you don't have your debit card, uh, you know, there was a day you go in there and you might pull out money right? Anybody done that recently? You did? Yeah, I did. I did for the first time in probably about six months, but the, uh, uh, and this is an amazing thing. It's, God must be in this because I never have money in my wallet, but I have some money. And so, and uh, and no, Matt, you're not getting a burrito. Uh, the, uh, so, you take that in and and uh you go to Taco Bell and you you get you get uh uh four crunchy nacho burritos a dollar a piece uh, and you give it to them and they'll give you four burritos and some change back for that It's worth nothing. Really? I mean it's worth nothing, but supposedly behind this, at least used to be there used to be gold. So this is worth nothing, but the truth is, as I use it, everybody knows it's worth nothing. But it rep- it's it's backed. By something that is valuable. And, and that's kind of the way the Old Testament, the Old Testament, all of that was happening, it really had no value. It was simply a picture, an illustration, to show us the real gold. And there was real gold that, that replaced it. And now it has true value. now, Verse 15, look at verse 15. It says, And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgression that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. You see, for this cause... He is the meteor. What cause? Because of the fact that he's, he is the high priest who has come. And he is the, also the sacrifice. And because he is our sacrifice and our blood sacrifice, and he's also our high priest, for this cause, he's the mediator of this whole new covenant, new testament that has come into to play. And, and a testament is like a will. It's like it's, it's something that's been signed into place for us. You know, men, it, men sign contracts with pen and ink, but God signs his contracts in blood. And, you know, there, was, there are societies, and, and even in America, you know, the, the uh, Society of the you know, American Indian at one time, you know, they, they kind of made contracts in blood. They would cut themselves, and they would put the blood uh, together. And that, that was a sign. That was a contract. Well, that's, that's really more biblical than, than our contracts we signed with a pen and ink. He, he said Jesus signed that contract in blood and so verse 16 says for where a testament again that will is there must also of necessity be the death of the testator okay so the death is necessary god's saying that death must occur so we can't just and this and again this is kind of where this this fellow was trying to explain away his statements he's saying you know uh well it, it, if he had just shed his blood, that, that, that wasn't enough. He had to die. Well, I agree with that. The Bible says it had to be a death. The wages of sin is death. But, but now you can't back away and now nullify. If, that's, if you're going to take a stand on there it, it has to be a death. Well, it also has to be the blood. The blood has to be sprinkled on the mercy seat and all of Hebrews is talking about a temple in heaven and a mercy seat in heaven and Jesus, our high priest, is going to enter in there and watch this, he's going to do it once. For a testament is of the force after men are dead, otherwise it is no strength at all while the testator liveth, whereupon... And just saying that there has to be a death. Whereupon neither the First Testament was dedicated, look at this, without blood. Whereupon neither the First Testament was dedicated without blood. God saying, look, the whole illustration's there. And, and why would he take the time to say this? Uh, and I know, and again, the man explains it away and says when it talks about the blood, it's really just synonymous with death. No, it's not. He's saying the blood. And so, even in the Old Testament, the blood was so important that they caught it and took it and sprinkled it, and they were specific how and where to do it, and put blood on on their thumb and on the back of the ear, and and and, and look, God was very intense about how that should all be done. It must be important, and hopefully, when we walk out of here, you you'll think, okay, he's beating this to death, but but. You can't beat this to death. The the fact is, we've got to get a hold to how important the blood of Christ is. And let me tell you, there is a problem when people attack it. There's there's an underlying problem when people attack it. And and we're going to see that when we get to chapter 10. Uh, Chapter 10, and again, way ahead of myself, but chapter 10, verse 29, verse 29 makes it abundantly clear what God thinks about somebody diminishing the blood of Christ. Now, uh, look, in verse 19, we see that, again, Moses illustrated this fact, and in verse 22 leads us to an extremely important phrase. Uh, in, in verse 22, we're going we're to read those, but it, it's going to come to a, a phrase that says, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. That definition of that word remission is forgiveness, pardon, liberty. So there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. Okay, so yes, he had to die, but he had to shed his blood. But we got to take it even further. If this is all a picture of what was to take place, this was all a perfect illustration of, then, then that high priest was going to have to take that blood to the mercy seat. So um, sin cannot be pardoned, forgiven, uh, without the shedding of blood. And, and again, no matter who says otherwise, and no matter how they try to explain it away, I'm not saying the man doesn't teach some other good things, but there's a problem there. Now, verse 19 says, For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, now, saying that Moses, Moses taught them to do this. Moses taught them to, to, to all the ceremony. He took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people. There's something about the blood. And saying, verse 20, this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Said, the, the testament, the will, the agreement. God says, this is the blood that was used to make this will out for you, to make this testament, to make this covenant. Verse 21 Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. He said, even under the law, virtually everything's purged with blood. But then he makes this statement And without shedding of blood is no remission. There is no forgiveness. There is no cleansing without the shedding of blood. Yes, the death of is important, but just as though just you it wasn't just that Jesus had to die. He could have been beaten to death and never shed a drop of blood. But he died as he had to support under man wants to die we'll see that in just a second but but he he the wages of sin is death he had to pay for our sin a death had to occur but also that manner of death his blood had to be shed verse 23 it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these now watch this He's saying this is what all made he describes all these things that Moses did, right? Now he says, it's therefore necessary that the patterns of these, of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. He's saying all this happened on earth and he, man, he sprinkled the blood, he put it on the book, he put it on, he did. All, he said in heaven all these things have got to occur too. In heaven the blood has to be sprinkled on everything too. And he said, but, but with a different sacrifice, with a perfect sacrifice. So, the patterns were the Old Testament temple rituals and ceremonies, and to be a true picture of Christ had to be purified with the blood of bulls and goats because the heavenly would also use the blood of the blood of Christ. Now, verse 24, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, not to appear in the presence of uh, uh, itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. And so, Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands. So Christ did, not it, it, it was the priests and the, and the high priests that went into those things that were uh, in, the, in the, the old covenant and, and the priest and, and, and the Old Testament. And so he says they entered in, Christ didn't enter in there. Where Christ entered into, he entered into the temple in heaven. And, and in, but into heaven itself, he appeared. Uh, In the presence of God for us. The old is done away. Therefore Jesus did not enter the earthly temple. But the temple in heaven. And it was once for all. Look at verse 25. Nor yet that he should offer himself often. As the high priest entereth into the holy place. Every year with the blood of others. So the the big difference is. Is that the high priest had to come every year. Into the holy of holies. Every year. Jesus is going to come in one time. Because the perfect blood. Amen. Now, enter the holy place every year with the blood of us. Verse 26, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He said, look, if you, if you continued with the, the what the first covenant uh, from the beginning of the world to the end of the world, you know, every year you have to go in there. Every year you got to do it. Every year we've got to do it again. Every year. And, and you know what? Uh, do it every year and it's still not enough. But when Jesus came, it's once and for all. Because there was perfect blood. This was not tainted blood. This is not sinful blood. And this blood, when, it, when he uh, sacrificed himself and that blood came, it was one time. That's going to wipe away all sin. Since man dies once and faces the judgment of the way it's in, Jesus died once and paid the price of all sin one time. Verse 27, and is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. And it's, it's showing you know, God, God does everything in the order, in the, by the principles and the way that he, dis, he says it's going to be. And, he's, and we know that man dies once. Uh, and God says Jesus is going to die once, and the and the all the judgment is going to take place one time, and so it's not going to occur anymore. And, and and He says unto them that look for Him shall. He, uh, I'm so so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And and it all culminates in the fact that just as the high priest would come forth you know when the high priest and I'm about done here we're going to get done early when the uh, high priest would he would he would perform the sacrifice he would the, the blood would be caught he would take it in and he would sprinkle it upon the mercy seat after all of this was done and I again I can't explain it but somehow in God's sight, in God's mind, now it's been completed. Now it's, it's all done. Now that, that blood has been offered. Now God's contract is, is signed and sealed and delivered. Now that high priest would come out and appear before the people. Well, I believe what this is saying here at the very end is that Jesus has completed all of that and there's coming a day where he's going to come in the sky. And he's going to appear before us. And he's going to come appear before us. That high priest. Who has taken the sacrifice. And that sacrifice has been killed. That sacrifice blood has been taken into the, the temple not made with hands. And when it's completed, there's coming a day he's going to come right out to us. And we'll know. Amen. And it says here, look for him. Uh, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. You know, notice unto them that look for him. You know, if you're if if we're saved, that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be always serving, but always looking for his return. Even so come Lord Jesus. You know, as soon as I yeah, I made mention Sunday, but as soon as I heard that about what was going on in New York and of course then you know I don't know if y'all read it today you know then there's then somebody is in Virginia that's bringing up the same thing that you can abort you know they're you know, she's trying to bring it in I think it's getting voted down but but trying to bring in that you know that uh, you can abort babies up to forty weeks uh, just and and admitted that it means that as the baby's being born if psychologically the mom can't handle it you can kill the baby right then when that happens the first thing that I pray even so come Lord Jesus even so come Lord Jesus do you know what the greatest thing that could happen for America is for Jesus to come That'd be the greatest thing if he would just come. And they say, you know, well, they've always said that he will. But guess what? He said he would rise again, and he did. He said he'd come again, and he will. You know, I just hope we're not too surprised when he shows up. We won't be if we're looking for him, Brother Allen. If you.